Welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Let's talk about finals week one. What a week of finals it was. A great way to start off the final series. Penrith Panthers, they got on a bit of a roll. Nathan Cleary, his return was sensational. I think we all knew it was going to happen. Nathan Cleary taking a few weeks off for that suspension. He comes back fresh. He comes back hungry and he absolutely dominates. He absolutely dominates the game, especially in the second half. But look, you look at the scoreline, you think that it's a Penrith flogging. It really wasn't. It was really more of a close game, especially in the first half. Parramatta came out strong. The forwards were firing, but Penrith just got in the front foot through Nathan Cleary, through their forwards being James Fisher-Harris, who had another sensational game as well. But we'll talk about that in a second. Team of the week. Let's go through the team of the week this weekend. Oh, but before we even do that, tips. So for me, the NRL tipping app crashed, so I did my tips with the Will Podcast. So based off what I said with the Will Podcast, I got four out of four. I tipped Penrith. I'm too much of a pussy to tip para like Will did. Will made the big ballsy play and it didn't play off in the end. I got the tip there for Penrith. We both tipped Canberra for the upset and we got that one. Then in the next game, we tipped the Sharkies. I think we both tipped the Sharkies in that one. The Cowboys actually got the win there by the two points. And then we move on to the last game of the week, South Sydney v the Sydney Roosters. I believe I went with my team, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and so did Will. So that was our tips. I got four out of four. He got three out of four. Now let's get into the team of the week. Let's get into it. Obviously, Nathan Cleary, he's my MVP this weekend. He was sensational, so he's in the halfback jersey. But the rest of the lineup goes. Latrell Mitchell at fullback. Brian To'o and Joseph Suali'i on the wings. I had Peter Hiku and Matt Timiko in the centers. Tom Dearden and Nathan Cleary in the halves. I had James Fisher-Harris and Joseph Tarpany in the front row. Reid Marnie at nine. I had Jairo and Hudson Young in the back row. Jason Tamalolo at lock. And then I had Harry Grant, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Spencer Lianu, Nico Hines, and then the extended bench was Scott Drinkwater, Jack Whiten, Ruben Cotter, Cam McInnes, and Cody Walker to make up a 22-man squad. I thought it was going to be much easier to pick a team of the week this week with only eight teams actually playing, but it was much harder than I anticipated. But there you go, guys. That is my team of the week. Some really, really decent performances. But let's get into the round that was. Finals round one. Let's get into it. The first game was the Penrith Panthers v. the Parramatta Reels. 27-8 was the final score. It was a really strong start by the Penrith Panthers. I think the Penrith forward pack was really humming at the start. It gave them a lot of momentum going into this game as well. So it really gave them a lot of go forward along with Nathan Cleary playing off the back of that as well. It was a really, really strong start by the Penrith Panthers. Mitch Moses... 40-20 attempt was probably one of the biggest kicks from Moses in a long, long time. And he absolutely hammered this kick. It turns into a goal line dropout. It was a massive kick there from Moses. Massive point in the game. And I think that Moses kick really put Para on the front foot for a second goal line dropout too straight after it. Paulo and Campbell Gillard were sensational to start off that game as well. I thought that they really started strong, but I think that Penrith really shut them down later on in the game. Uh, Taylor May, he was sent for 10 minutes in the bin. 
Looks as though he'll be suspended for one game, even though he's going to be suspended for two games going into next year. I'd be taking all three games right now if I were him, to be honest. I think that I'd be sitting the rest of the season out and then get fresh for next season. But that's just me. I think they've got Charlie Staines there as well. They can chuck him onto the wing if need be. I think that's what they're going to be doing in two weeks' time when they come up against either, I think... It is the Cronulla Sharks or the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So that's going to be a really tight game for them as well. But let's stay focused on the game we're talking about here. The Eels v. the Penrith Panthers. Penrith, 12-man magic try off a Cleary bomb. That bomb was crazy from Nathan Cleary. He was really humming all game. He was sensational. As I said, came back hungry, came back wanting a win, and he got that for his side off the back of a terrific, terrific performance off him as well. I think that's one of the best performances I've seen him have this season as well. He's been terrific all season, but I think this game really, really stands out for me this year. And then 10 minutes in, we get the start of what was a big hits competition. It really was Fisher-Harris on Regan Campbell-Gillard. That was a massive hit. It really swung the momentum around for me as well. You're talking about a Parramatta side that was on the front foot for the first 10 minutes of that game, in my opinion. And then that swaps around, obviously, when that hit happens. I think Penrith really started to get on a roll, especially after the Cleary bomb as well. I feel like they gave them a lot of confidence, but this was really the spark that set the Penrith Panthers off for me. Dylan Edwards, he knocked it on on the 10-meter line. And that was obviously after Reid Marnie did a beautiful kick out of dummy half, which really got the Eels on the front foot there. So the momentum was really changing back and forth in the first half. It was a really, really even contest. Uh, Spencer Leanu, I thought he was sensational coming off the bench there for the Penny Panthers. I thought he was amazing. He had two runs in his first set, and I thought those runs really put his side in the front foot. From that point onwards, Nathan Cleary just kept chucking up those bombs and really put Parramatta on the back foot. And after that, it was a Penrith onslaught. They kept scoring tries. They maintained the intensity that they had from the end of the first half into the second half. And it was a real, real strong performance there from the Penny Panthers. Brian Toto scoring two tries, running for a chunk of meters as well in that one. He had a big performance, Brian Toto. Probably one of the better games I've seen him in this season, Brian Toto. So really strong performance from him there as well. I thought the Parramatta defense was really strong all night, but it was just a few slip-ups that got the Penrith Penrith Panthers on the front foot and a few slip-ups that got the Penrith Panthers some tries off the back of Nathan Cleary, who was pretty much impossible to stop. Impossible to stop. He was just on point all night. And after Mitch Moses came off as well in the second half, it was all Penny Panthers, all Penny Panthers. Uh, and it was just impossible for the Parramatta Reels to get back into the front foot. Cleary pretty much made the Parramatta Reels pay immediately, laying on two tries and kicking a penalty goal. And as I said, just leaving Parramatta searching for answers there. They had nothing to chuck back at them, especially without their main man, Mitch Moses. Now to sum it all up, I was really impressed with Parramatta in the first half with the defensive effort that they put in up against the defending premiers but in the end without Mitch Moses Nathan Cleary just tore their sides to shreds it was really a Nathan Cleary masterclass a real Nathan Cleary masterclass and I think that the Penrith Panthers they're pretty much set in stone to be in the grand final it's whether they're versing the North Queensland Cowboys 
or if they're going to be versing the Canberra Raiders. And I think the Canberra Raiders could be a little smoky to get into the grand final as well. Parramatta also a chance to get in as well. So it's going to be a very interesting next three weeks of footy, but I can't wait to see what the grand final looks like going into the next few weeks. Now, the next game was the Canberra Raiders v. the Melbourne Storm. Now, look, obviously Canberra here, they were the underdogs. They did have the record against Melbourne, but just the way Melbourne were playing, especially leading into finals, you thought that the Melbourne Storm were going to win at home to get into the next stage of the finals, probably knocking out the Canberra Raiders. Now, I had a little voice in the side of my head that was saying, Canberra, look at the form they're in at the moment. Look at the players they've got in their side of full strength. Canberra Raiders outfit. I think they could win this game for sure. Away from home at Amy Park, they've won their last few games there. It is a must win for the Canberra Raiders to stay in finals. I think they're going to want to win this game for sure. And they did. They did 28 to 20 was the final scoreline. The Canberra Raiders putting on an absolute show up against the Melbourne Storm. A really enjoyable game as well for myself. Loved watching this one. Love watching Canberra. And just their style of play over the past few weeks. They've been a really, really enjoyable team to watch. And I think they're a real smoky, as I said, for that big dance. I think they could definitely get there with the two teams they're versing over the next few weeks. They've got the Parramatta Reels who can really slump in form. They can either go really well or really poor. For me, it depends if Mitch Moses is going to be in that side. If Moses is out, I think that the Canberra Raiders almost definitely win that game against the Parramatta Reels. And then they go to verse the North Queensland Cowboys, who for me are exactly the same. Canberra Raiders, they could 100% beat the North Queensland Cowboys on their day. So Canberra, as I said, are real smoky. And I made a post about it two weeks ago. They could be the team that gets way further than anyone else thinks. But anyway, let's get into the review of this game because it was an absolute cracker by the Canberra Raiders. They pretty much raided Amy Park once again to eliminate the Melbourne Storm from the finals. It was a massive win there for the Canberra Raiders, 28 to 20 was the final scoreline. Now at the start of this game, Melbourne had all the early possession in the opening five minutes as well with several sets on the Canberra Raiders try line. But the green machine, their defense, they were able to weather the storm. And I love that pun there. What about that pun by Big Leslie? They were able to weather the storm uh, and hold out the Melbourne storm from their try line. Several sets on the try line, several sets at a full strength Melbourne storm. Not a full strength Melbourne storm, but Cam Munster, Harry Grant, the Bromwich brothers going at you all day on your try line. They did a massive, massive thing in holding out the Melbourne Storm, especially with Noffa and Xavier Coates on both of the other wings as well. It was a massive few defensive sets there for the Canberra Raiders. So they held him out. The Green Machine, they weathered the storm. And a few minutes later, we see Matt Timiko absolutely own Cameron Munster. Huge, huge left arm fend for a beautiful try in the corner there. Matt Timiko, he has been great for the Canberra Raiders over the past few weeks. I thought he's been their best player over the past few weeks as well. Matt Timiko, really strong performances from him. I will say though, after that try, the Raiders, they were a little bit scrappy. They did let in the Melbourne Storm for a try. It was some beautiful hands. Cameron Munster, then Jerome Hughes, then Marion Seve, who puts it on a platter there for Xavier Coates. Then off a repeat set, they get down their end again, the Melbourne Storm, and put Xavier Coates over again with a magnificent try. Jerome Hughes puts a beautiful kick, beautiful chip there for Xavier Coates. It was an amazing try. Then at the flick of a switch, Joseph Tarpany, he starts playing some really tough footy. 
getting the side some meters. Josh Papali'i as well, getting the side some meters. The forwards doing a great job getting the side on the front foot. You see Jamal Fogarty crash his way over as well with some awesome field position, which was pretty rare in that first half with how Melbourne were going. And after those two tries, they were really solid defensively, the Melbourne Storm. But the Raiders, they get to the other side of the park. They put over Jamal Fogarty, which was a great individual try, barging his way over the line there for a beautiful try. Then there was an obstruction by Felice Kafusi. We say Raiders get on the front foot again, and then the English international. He crashes over Elliot Whitehead, offered to Pine, short ball. It was a beautiful try there, beautiful forward effort. And the score is 16-8 with the Canberra Raiders in the lead at the break. Now, Melbourne, they started off the second half a little bit stronger and was rewarded when Munster and Hughes combined with Marion Seve to put Xavier Coates over for a hat-trick. Gets Melbourne on a bit of a front foot, gives them a bit of confidence after that one as well. Now, the goal-kicking for me was a bit of an issue. Nick Meany misses his first two. Cameron Munster misses a penalty goal to tie the game. And I think that's a factor that definitely costs them in the end. Anyway, Harry Grant, he was able to isolate the Raiders' edge defense and find the giant Nelson Asurfa Solomona. And then Melbourne hit the lead. And I am shitting my pants at this point. I don't want Melbourne to win. I do want the Canberra Raiders, the underdogs, to win to get my tips going. And then Jackie Whiten. Jackie Whiten puts in a beautiful grubber kick, isolating Cameron Munster. And it gets Hudson Young a beautiful try, giving the Raiders the lead once again. And then after this, we probably get one of the luckiest Falcons of all time, hitting Sebastian Chris in the head, and then setting up Jordan Rapana for a beautiful try there, which wins the Raiders the game. It was a beautiful game, a tight game as well, especially with Melbourne's defense in the second half, but Canberra just doing some amazing things with the footy. I think Jamal Fogarty, him being cool under pressure, really gave the Raiders an advantage, and it really won them the game. I thought that Jackie Whiten, I thought that was one of his better games as well. He really stood up in this one. Both his kicking game and Jamal Fogarty's kicking game was unreal in this one. I thought Joseph Tarpany, he was the man of the match in this one. His work in the forwards was sensational. And again, it's another thing that won the Canberra Raiders the game. The forwards, the backs, everything was on point for them. They were playing as a real ensemble. And I think that's what's different between them and other teams in the competition at the moment. Just the fact that they're playing as an ensemble, they're all working together. There's not too many individual efforts. It's all work working as a team, and I think that's why they're playing some really good footy at the moment, and that's why I think they're such smokies to get into the JF. I think that they're a team that could definitely make their way there, creep their way there over the next two weeks with two very winnable games for them. But what about this next game? What about this next game? The Cronulla Sharks v. the North Queensland Cowboys. Definitely the longest game of the week being 93 minutes long. 32 to 30 was the final scoreline. We'll get to why that was in a second, but let's have a talk about this game. The Cowboys, they opened the scoring with Tom Gilbert plucking a Chad Townsend kick in the air and scoring a beautiful try. Then obviously the Sharks had back-to-back tries as well through Toby Rudolph who barged his way over the line and then Co Sifa Talakai was able to get get a try as well, freeing up a gap in the Cowboys' edge defense and then putting the ball down for a beauty of a try. And then pretty much at the half-hour mark of the first half, Tom Dearden, he gets on a bit of a roll 
coming out of dummy half and scoring an awesome try, an awesome try. He absolutely gassed Will Kennedy and put the ball down for a beauty of a try there. He is super fast, super fast, super dangerous, and he's got great ball skills as well, Tom did, and I think he's had a really, really strong season. He definitely has to be up there with some of the buyers of the year for sure. We don't forget, he came from the Brisbane Broncos this season to go to the North Queensland Cowboys, partnering up there with Chad Townsend and having a really, really strong season. I think that that just typifies what has been a really, really strong season for him, Tom did. And so an awesome try and well-deserved there, getting the Cowboys back in the front foot, as I said, at that half-hour mark. After that, the Cowboys, they were pretty much on a roll. Jason Tiamololo throwing a long ball to Peter Hiku. What about that? And then Peter Hiku scoring a try as well. When did Jason Tiamololo become the big chunky halfback? What's going on here? I loved it. I loved the long ball there from Jason Tiamololo. Right on the stroke of halftime, the Sharks were able to level the scores up with Will Kennedy, scoring his first career double off Nico Hines, who was just on. He was just on, especially in that second half. He was on fire, Nico Hines. Him and Matt Moylan, I thought, both had one of the best games they've had this season. The Cowboys regained a little bit of momentum with Murray Talungi scoring in the corner. I thought the only misconversion there from Valentine Holmes was crucial in this game, absolutely crucial. Then the momentum swung yet again with Cam McInnes going over and then obviously Will Kennedy going over as well. And then obviously a massive point in the game there when Connor Tracy went over. It was overturned due to an obstruction turning into a professional foul which saw the one and only Connor Tracy sent for 10 in the bin. After this, Jason Tiamololo scores and we get a penalty goal which levels the scores going into full time. We go into extra time now. Going into extra time. Not golden point, it was extra time. Now, the Cowboys nearly scored off a Chad Townsend kick. Obviously, Kyle Felt knocked that one on. Then the Sharks nearly sealed the game at halftime of extra time. But Nico Hines' field goal was charged down. So we go into the second half of extra time. Second half of extra time was pretty boring. We move into golden point when obviously... Valentine Holmes, 50-meter field goal, two-point field goal to win the game there for the North Queensland Cowboys. Final score, 32-30. And now the Cowboys, they do get the week off and the Sharks have to play the South Sydney Rabbitohs to get into that qualifying final for the grand final. Now, I tell you what, the Sharks, they definitely have the hard road going into the grand final. They have to beat the South Sydney Rabbitohs and then they have to beat the Penrith Panthers. So you can almost say, unfortunately, that the Cronulla Sharks finals hopes, the grand final hopes, I mean, are well and truly sunken. And then we move into the last game of finals week one, which was the Sydney Roosters taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs for the second time in two weeks. The final score was 30-14 as the South Sydney Rabbitohs beat the Roosters to get into next weekend of finals, knocking out the Sydney Roosters from the final series. Now, before we get into this one, I was extremely disappointed with the way my team won this one. If you don't know already, I'm a South Sydney supporter. Uh, born and bred, but I'm not too biased on this podcast. At least I try not to be. 
I just feel like I wanted South to win, obviously, but I didn't want them to win in that sort of capacity. I didn't want them to win based off 100 penalties and based off seven sin bins. That is an NRL record, and I think it is ridiculous. I think it is so stupid that that's where the game went to, and I think it's so ridiculous that that's where the game was won. In the last game of finals, although it was entertaining for some, I just didn't want the game to be won like that. I thought it was really unfair on the Roosters, especially since James Tedesco, Angus Crichton, two of their best players of last weekend were ruled out. Plus, Joseph Marnie wasn't in the side. Victor Radley was sent twice to the bin. I think there was a lot of factors that really made it impossible for the Sydney Roosters to win that game. And as I said, I didn't really want to win the game like that. As a South Sydney supporter, I didn't really want the game to go like that at all. I'm not really going to touch too much onto this game. I'm only going to go through really the main points. I think it was a really strong start by the Chooks. I thought Radley set the tone there in the middle. I thought he was really solid. I was really impressed with Lachlan Ilias throughout that game. I thought Lockie Ilias had one of his best games of the season. Cody Walker was great as well. Latrell Mitchell was just on fire. And you wonder why, because guys like James Tedesco weren't there to defend him out the back. So he was just lethal. Alex Johnston, he scored 30 tries back-to-back -back last season and this season scoring 30 tries in the NRL. That is incredible from a player. He should be really really proud of those efforts. I think that he can score more too, to be honest. He can score more than 30. I think that is amazing. An amazing effort there from Alex Johnston. It was definitely a strong performance there from South Sydney, but obviously they didn't really have a fair game with majority of the Roosters stars being taken off the field. South Sydney, they'll take what they can get. They're going to go into next week versing the Cronulla Sharks, which is definitely going to be a tough game for them. I know that Ashley Klein after this game is getting hammered absolutely hammered in the media by experts, by everyone. you got to remember there's two referees now. There's one referee on the field. There's one referee up in the bunker box. So what I'm saying is you can't really blame one referee without blaming the other one as well. I think it was a terrible refereeing performance. I feel like they lost control of the game a little bit, as the media says. I totally agree with that statement. I think at the end of the day, no one really wanted seven sin binnings in a game. But anyway, looking into this weekend, we have the Eels v. the Raiders and the Sharks v. the Rabbitohs to get into the preliminary finals up against the Panthers and the Cowboys. One.